serve for the summer, uh, doing all different kinds of ministries. Um, and uh, I stumbled across this verse in uh, while we were in New York, uh, Camp Deconic, up in uh, Milan. Is that Milan, New York? And uh, it was fascinating that I would that I would hit this verse at that time. Um, I have it here in my little my little journal that we kept over the summer. And, uh, and I noticed that it was on July 19th that I came across this verse. And July 19th, um, coincidentally enough, was... Uh, all right, here's a, little, here's a little share your story moment for me. Uh, July 19th was um, just eight days after uh, I asked out my first girlfriend. Um, that was a big deal, all right? Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, you know, reading, reading in my verses, you know, these, reading through the Bible, when, when, you know, in that beginning stage, you know, I, I'm, I'm all, about, all about love. And so every, everything I see is just all about love. And every verse somehow applies to love, of course. And, and you know, this is, this, is just, this is just overtaking me. And, and everything I read is just, man, it's all about love. And um, I say I, I was all about love, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess I still am. Um, all about love, all right. Well, oh, maybe. Oh. And uh, so, so I have. Uh, this is a phenomenal girl, a uh, girl who is who's in love with Christ, and uh, who just so happens to be the guy I'm trying to be like. So she's in love with Christ. I'm thinking it might be good that uh, I'm trying to be like him. And so uh, she decided to give me a chance, July 11th, and uh, yeah, big, uh, big lucky break there. Um, but, uh, so, that's share your story part. That was Wednesday. Uh, moving on from there. Um, I, all, everything was about love for me. And so this verse is what stuck out to me. And, uh, and so I decided to, to look into this verse a little more. Uh, and if, we, if we look at the first few words, it says, and over all these things. And, and it sort of jumps right into it. Uh, and so I, I'm purposely going to take you back now to find out what uh, all these things actually are. So if we head back to verse 12 of chapter 3, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And these, these words so stuck out to me. Um, you know, these, this compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, uh, patience, and stress, big stress on forgiveness. Um, it, can anyone be a little honest this morning and, and maybe share a little bit of your story and just say that maybe you've struggled with loving in this way before, in, in, in any of these forms, you know, whether it be compassion or kindness, maybe times where you weren't so compassionate, kind. Um, I'm going to be honest, it's been a struggle for me, right? Uh, you know, you guys, you guys have seen this as well. And I, I, I decided, you know, what, what else? This, surely this isn't like the, the end of love. Like, there's, there's got to be more to this. And so uh, I did a little digging around and uh, came across another verse um, in 1 Corinthians uh, 13, the, the love chapter um, of, of Paul, really. And uh, you flip there if you want. Uh, I'll, I'll read them off real quick. It says, Love is patient, love is kind. 
does not envy, does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. And so I, I came up with this, you know, now I have this extensive list of, of patience and kindness, compassion, humility, all these things. And, and, and this is what Paul defines as love. This is love. And, and the, very, the very love of God. And so when it says to, to, and over all these things, put on love, this is what he's talking about. These are the points that he's talking about. When, when he stresses put on love, all of these things, contained in here, but not limited to, um, a big, once again, a big stress on forgiveness. And so, uh, you know, while, while love encompasses all these things, um, it's, it's a pretty big deal to God. To, to learn these things. And, and, and love is definitely something to be learned. Um, don't think that just because we don't have every single one of these down, that, that there's no hope, or, or that, that you're not, that you're not a, a good Christian because you don't have you know, the 100% humility, 100% uh, forgiveness, 100% gentleness. Um, it's, it's a work in progress. And, and so God desires to, to perfect this in us. And uh, so it's, it's, this, it's this mondo process um, where, where God takes it and, and it says in the, uh, the verse right there, uh, in perfect unity. Um, perfect. Perfect does not mean flawless. Perfect means to, to bring to completion. And so, you know, this, this sense that, that God has this, this desire to take all these things and to bring them to completion within you. And, and until that happens, until you, until you reach the peak of, of all these, uh, these attributes of love, um, God's grace is there to help you along. His grace is there to cover you and, and until, you until you make it to that point. Uh, it also refers to uh, binding them all together. It says love is an adhesive. So, so love, is, love is something that, that, that pulls together. Uh, John Wesley, in one of his commentaries, says the, the love of God contains the whole of Christian perfection and connects all the parts of it together. He takes all of these ideas of love, everyone, everyone has, everyone has at least one of these that, that they specialize in. You know, some people are, are extremely gentle, some people are extremely not gentle. And so maybe those people are, people are a little more forgiving or, or maybe, you know, a little more patient or, or humble. Uh, all these things that, that represent love. And so God takes all these things and, and, and binds them together and, and it all is enraptured in this, this idea of love. And so we, we go back to the verse, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity, in, in complete, to, to bring to completion in this, in this complete unity. Um, I, I believe firmly that, that, that God wants to blast this world with his love again. Uh, and, and he showed us that in such a real way, you know, 2,000 years ago, uh, by sending his son. And, and it didn't stop there. It was, it was before that and after that. In so many ways, God desires to bring this love and just inject it into our society. And, and he, he desires for us to be a part of this. Uh, he wants us to, to create that adhesion. He wants us to build that relationship um, of love, not only with him, but with others. And, and, and what a unique group to do this with. Uh, 
let's, let's do some math here real quick. Not a strong point for me, but let's do it anyways. Uh, 18.3 million college students in the U.S. All right. Now, here in the undergrad program, we have you know, 600 some. Um, so rounding around, uh, we get one in every 30,000 students in college right now are right here. So these 600 plus students represent just one 30,000th of all college students. Of, of, of the 4,400 plus colleges that you could have gone to, you're here. And I don't think that's a mistake. I, I, am, I am very, very adamant about God leading and God bringing you to a place. And I think that, that for each of you, that God has brought you to this place for a very, very uh, strong calling, a, a very, very intense reason, and that is to love, to, to stand up and love, to, to stick out. You know, if, any one of these, if any one of these people, we, we just a little while ago, you know, pulled someone away, uh, we, we, we said, all right, leader for this group is, is there. That person stands up and isolates themselves. And, and, and so they, that person sticks out. It's, it's that stand up and, and stand out are, are so important to this idea of love. Because when you love, there are going to be times when that sticks out like a sore thumb. It, it's, it, it'll be times when, when nothing around you is lovely. And so that, that just that creates this, this, this glory in love all the more. And so, uh, you know, Dr. Hammerstrom, I don't know, maybe if you have some, some uh, actually I know you do because I took your stats class last semester, um, and I'm sorry for not remembering that uh, the equation for, for figuring out the, the probability, um, so please forgive me in that, um, but the, the probability that, that any one of you would be here at this campus. What are the chances? And, and so, so we continue to strive to love. Or do we? Uh, I, I fear that, that maybe sometimes people will say, Ben, there are just, there's just some people that I, I can't love. Uh, or some people that, uh, frankly, I just, I, I just don't want to love. And uh, you know what I'd say to that? Shut up. <laughs> All right? You know, this, this idea that, that you can't love, you know what? Maybe if you're relying on yourself, no, you can't. All right? You've got you've to pull away from this mindset that, that you're this, this, this lone soldier out there and you're, you're plugging away and fighting away for your life. Yes, you, you are in some sense. You know, maybe it'll feel like that at times. But, but you have a God on your side. The God. The, do you realize the, the enormity of this? the implications of this. And so I think more so the, the fact is that we're afraid to love. Maybe, maybe it's because we're afraid of how someone will take advantage of us. Or maybe we're afraid, maybe we're afraid of, of how someone will take the situation and, and, and just, just you know, misinterpret it or misunderstand it. But you know what? That's not your responsibility. That is not for you 
figure out. God calls us to love. He doesn't call us to think about loving. He doesn't call us to, to love and then try and, try and alter the entire situation you know, so that it benefits you and so that you remain safe. Love is dangerous. Love's an exploration. It's an adventure. And so you have to realize that, that fear has no place. Um, fear, fear is the opposer of love, not hate. Hate, hate's just this, this byproduct of fear. And so, you know, there's, there's, there's a little song by, by Stevie Wonder called, uh, um, I don't remember what it's called, but <laughs> he, he, has this, he has this line, and, uh, and he says, you know, now hate's going around, breaking many hearts. Stop it, please, before it's gone too far. And that's the name of the song, Love's in Need of Love Today. Love is in need of love today. And so, you know, let's, let's, uh, there's, there's, this, there's this one verse that, that caught my eye. Um, in, in 1 John 14, verse 6. And it says, uh, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Living the life that God desires for you will create love. Living in love is where God wants you to be. And where God wants you to be is, is in love. And, and you know, you're, you've got some legitimate point to saying, you know, this is rough, and maybe it's hard for me to love. It's tough for me to love. Because of past experiences or, or, or what, whatever it may be. And, and I understand. I understand that. But God is bigger than that. God's bigger than that. Don't, don't limit yourself to, to what you think your reality is. Our sense of reality has to change. It has to. It's, it's not about what you can't do. Uh, I was watching Star Trek this summer for the first time with my good friend, Irvin, here, uh, while traveling with summer men. And, and I was like, oh, man, all right. You know, I, I'm, I'm really looking just for something out of this movie. And, and you know, I, I have a hard time just watching movies just to watch them. I always, I always look for something deeper or something more intense in this movie. And so um, I found it in Spock. Uh, he, that guy, um, as, as heartless as he was at one time, uh, he, he had this phenomenal line where he says, once you have eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. So I would, I would encourage you, and, and, and if I were God, I would I'd force you. But um, <laughs> God's got a free will. Um, change that sense of reality. Get, get, get outside of your mind. Do you realize how small you are? I mean, you're one in 30,000 uh, of just college students that, that, that chose this school, and, and, and you know, you're, you're one of 6.5 billion people on this earth, and even all combined do not come anywhere close to having all that God is, to, to being all that God is. And so, so we have to change what our sense of reality is. We have to move outside 
of, of what it is that we think we can do. I would, I would encourage you this morning to get lost in God's imagination. You know, this is, this is where all imagination comes from. This is where all creativity comes from. Anything that has been created, started with God. And, and so this, this source of all creativity, and the source of all imagination, that needs to be your mindset. You know, Christ in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. There will be no hope of glory without Christ in you. Allow Him to come in. Allow Him to be your source for creativity. Allow Him to be your source for imagination. Allow Him to be your source for, for you know, strength. Allow Him to be your source for love. Those times that you can't. Allow God to be that one that works through you. I, you know, as, as, a, as a younger kid, just a little Benny, I was, um, actually no one ever called me Benny, so I'm not sure why I said that, but um, I, I dreamed of being Cowrupton Jr. Cowrupton Jr. Shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. And uh, can I hear from the Baltimore Orioles? All right? They're not a threat. Cheer for us. So I, I dreamed of being the next Cal Ripken Jr. And I would go out and play baseball every day in the summer and, and almost every day in the fall and spring too because I was homeschooled and I could do that. And uh, I would go out all the time and play baseball with my brother. I mean, when I was like three, I started pitching to him and he started pitching to me. He was three years older, so uh, I like to think that, that we progressed at the same rate, that, that we had equal skills. I was just three years behind, so that made me better. Um, and, <laughs> Anything to elevate myself above my brother. So um, we would, you know, we played baseball right next to the church. We always lived next to the church. Uh, we lived in the parsonage, and so um, I would go and, and I would be that. I'd be that, you know, I, for for that day, I would imagine myself Baltimore Oriole, Ben Monte, getting ready, pitching, and then Ghost's man on first, you know, watching him, watching. And I pitched to my brother. One time I hit him right in the jaw. That was, that was really cool. Uh, blood everywhere. Mom didn't let us pitch to each other after that. Um, but I, I dreamed. That was, my, that was my sense of reality. And then it hit me when I was about 10 or 12. Someone said some crazy fact like, yeah, there are uh, 5 million Little League baseball players in, in all of the U.S. And, and that, you know demoralized me a little bit because I wasn't even in Little League, so how many other kids out there weren't even in Little League? And so, you know, so there's about 10 million kids out there all wanting to make the Major League Baseball League, and more specifically the Orioles, and more specifically shortstop. And so uh, the chances of me actually getting to that point, uh, that, that, that was that stage in my life where reality started hitting. And so, you know, that's, that's when I, I didn't hang it up. I mean, I continued to pursue baseball as, as a hobby. But, but my, my imagination became limited to what was in my own mind, to what other people were telling me. Their projections onto me were my reality. We have to get away from that. Your reality must become the reality of God. 
which makes everything an open door. Yeah, open door. You know, what I, what I have been... What, <laughs> <laughs> um, a little plug, Bert. Um, sub, subliminal messaging, guys, you shouldn't have laughed. And, uh, you know, uh, the, this, this makes everything just, you know, an, an open door to door to God. So, this is, this, this is our reality. When, when we eliminate all the impossible, everything that, that, that we seem to think is impossible, when we eliminate the impossible, however improbable, that becomes our reality. That becomes our truth. I'm going to close with a little illustration. So if I could have my good friend, and Baltimore or Il Compadre, Come up here, Adamberg. Let's hear for Adamberg. He was a little, uh, a little nervous about coming up here because he experienced something not so pleasant last night, and the amount of, the amount of uh, flour and sugar he took in. So he's like, you know, this is this going to involve flour and sugar? No, no. So um, I've got uh, two bottles here. And uh, um, already in here is some uh, some hot cocoa mix in both bottles actually, and uh, it rattles a little bit. Those are the chocolate chips, and uh, and so um, I'm go ahead and open yours as well. You know, I I got a little hot sauce, some not all that strong in the uh, no, but we're good, no carpet. Um, and, you know, maybe a little, little syrup. And uh, what, what these bottles represent here are, uh, are our lives. And, and the things that we choose to put into our lives. And so, you know, we, we, we live our lives seeking, you know, uh, some days, anyways, seeking to be in the, in the center of God's will and seeking to honor God. And so we, we ask for this, like, this pouring of, of God into our lives. And so, Adam, do you want to hold that over there? Hang there a little bit. Thank you. So God pours himself into our lives. And should we choose... <laughs> should we choose to hold on to all these things? To hold on to our hate? Hold on to our unforgiveness. Hold on to our pride. There's no space in there for God's Spirit to work. That, that, that everything that we do is then masked by this this false. It's, it's the Spirit of God. We ask for that into our lives, but, but we forgot one important thing. And, and so, what's got to happen is we've got to empty ourselves. We've got to empty ourselves. And, and uh, allow God to move in, maybe shake our lives up a little bit. This looks really nasty. It looks like barf, and barf is disgusting, and so is sin. And so, you know, allow God to move in 
into our, our lives and, and, and shake it up a little bit. A little bit more, a little bit more. And the more we choose to empty ourselves of God, uh, choose to empty ourselves of, our, of ourselves, of the things that we hold on to, the cleaner and more transparent our life becomes. You have to junk in your life. So we continue. Yeah, I'm sorry. Spirit of God actually does not run out. Um, Can we be thankful for that? All right. 6.5 billion people with junk in their lives. God's spirit is not running out anytime soon. And so we continue and continue until our lives become become clear. Until our lives are getting there. (laughs) Until our lives have this this clarity. And so, you know, when, when, when we ask this to happen, and this love is so contagious, it's, it's almost like we're asking God to, to, to pour, when we ask Him for this love, to, to pour some blasting berry cherry love <laughs> into our lives. And so that, so that everything we do then becomes this, this tint of, of red. And, and so we've got this, this love in everything that we do. And, and you know, when, when, we're, when we're going around and we, we interact with others, and we, you know, just, just, just like that. It, it's, it stains. Not only cousins, though. Others in our lives, they see this love. And if Adam should walk around for the rest of the day like this, the one thing you're going to notice is that he's stained in this love. That there's something different about him. There really is. And, and so, I ask you guys today. Adam, you're good. Thank you. To allow the love of God be the mix and the overflow that will happen and stain all those around you. Through this, we will be united. To be stained in his love. This, this will make you stand out. This, this, is, this is something that should, should cause you the desire to stand out. And so I'm going to leave you with this verse. And this is my, this is my prayer for, for this college every single one of you. And, and we'll, we'll close with this. It comes from Philippians 1, verse 9 and 10. And this is my prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ.
Let us be united in love. Let us not grow weary of loving. One mark, one mark of a good sermon is a sermon that you never forget. You will never forget that sermon. And Ben's heart was in it and loves you very much and loves God very much. It was evident. Have a great weekend. Go in peace.